This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. Come for the craft beer, bourbon, whiskey, and great drinks. Stay for the conversations. Here's your host, Jonathan Green. Welcome into another episode. I hope you're having a great week. I hope your week's off to a good start and uh, that you're having all the pours that you want and listening to all the good music you want to. We got another great episode for you. We got up and coming country artist Lane Smith on for our conversation. And for tasting notes, we welcome back Jake Solik to talk about the mint julep because. Uh, at least where I'm at, and I think a lot of other places too, uh, Derby Day is approaching here in a couple of weeks, and we talk about the mint julep, a little history on that, and some background on how to make a good one, and how to uh, have a little bit of uh, fun with those. Also, some things we're having some fun with are taste tests. If you're not checking those out, follow us on social media, at Hop Spirits, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, we're also on YouTube as well, so don't miss any of that. And also check us out at hopspirits.com so you never miss an episode, you never miss a taste test, and you never miss some of our news and notes and other fun things that we put out. But enough about that. Let's get into the show. It's almost time. Where did I, where, where did I put those? Here they are. <laughs> it's time for tasting notes. Back again for another Tasting Notes is Jake Solik, Beverage Director Partner with the Professors LLC. See, I didn't have any trouble saying it this time, Jake. Welcome back. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. See, I, t- I tell people all the time, whether I have a drink in front of me or not, even the simplest of things I can screw up once I hit the record button. And I've said your name probably more than any on, on this show, and I appreciate <laughs> you as always. Of course. And, you know, we talked about spring cocktails on our last Tasting Notes. And while we're kind of at the end of spring... People are looking forward to certain events. And around here in Kentucky, I think the biggest one a lot of people are looking forward to is the Derby. Derby Day, whether it's the fancy hats, the dressing up, and, and their suit to, to go to the racetrack. There is a drink that kind of has become synonymous with the event, and that is the mint julep. Can you give a little bit of background on what the yes. mint julep is before we go into how to make a proper mint julep? Of course. What, what we know as the Kentucky mint julep, isn't as old as the idea of the julep, um, sort of as a category. Uh, julep, uh, it comes from uh, a word meaning medicine. So it's a, as, as a term for a mixed drink, it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek to begin with. But uh, we've got records of the juleps going all the way back to the 1600s. They actually probably came from Maryland uh, or Virginia. Uh, and originally, they existed before we started making bourbon in this country. So they would have been made probably with a really fine cognac from France, uh, perhaps uh, rum from New England, or maybe even some indigenous apple brandy, because we started making apple brandy in the late 1600s, early 1700s. By the time we get to the 1890s, the early 1900s, the Kentucky mint julep that we know of made with bourbon had finally kind of come to fruition and began gaining popularity. The template's a little bit the same, Um, So you always have a a base spirit, a little bit of sugar, water, which is going to come from the ice, and mint. Those are kind of like the four pillars upon which all juleps are built. And then, uh, you know, for the mint julep, before I hit the record button, I was kind of talking to you. There are a few times where where I've been out celebrating, uh, you know, the derby or something related to it. And, you know, obviously mint julep is on on, um, easy pour usually because that's an easily batched cocktail. But they at times can go horribly wrong if if you're not 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 yes. good with it. So, can you explain the recipe and then also what people need to watch out for? Because I feel like for me, too much mint is 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 not a good thing. The 
all the BuzzFeed articles in the world won't tell you the real secret of the julep, and that it's actually just another form of the old-fashioned cocktail. And when you kind of embrace that idea, you can then make it consistently to exactly what kind of taste. The old-fashioned is two ounces of a base spirit, a quarter ounce of sugar, and then bitters. The julep doesn't use bitters. Instead, it uses fresh herbs to get that same, that same sort of bitter flavor. So if you think of it like that, you can take your julep cup. You want to go ahead and put just a quarter ounce of sweetener in. I just use a two-to-one rich, simple syrup. Put in 12 to 16 really nice fresh mint leaves. Really lightly muddle that. That's one of the keys. If you over-muddle it, you're going to crush up all the tiny veins in the leaves, and it's going to get very, very bitter. We want it to be aromatic without being bitter. So you're just going to lightly muddle it, put in two ounces of whiskey, and then top it up with crushed ice. That's another key. You make a julep over cubes, the ice isn't going to melt fast enough. And so what's going to happen is it's not going to get enough water and it won't be diluted properly, so it'll probably taste too strongly of whiskey. So you want to use crushed ice. I fill it about two-thirds of the way up the julep cup, put in my spoon, and then stir it. You want to churn it with your spoon until the glass is completely frosty. Then you take a handful of crushed ice, sort of snow cone the top of it, garnish it with mint, rub the mint between your hands, that's going to release the aroma, and then you want to always position your straw right next to the mint. That way you're getting a really herbaceous blast every time that you're sipping on the julep. But that's kind of the, the baseline perfect way to make a julep and never mess it up. I, I like that, and you say never mess it up. I, as I've said many times, I have found ways to mess things up. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of steps to getting it right, so it is an easy cocktail to get wrong the first time you make it. And then, you know, for those that may not love mint but love the idea of the julep or, or kind of, you know, want to celebrate similar, similarly, what's a maybe um, way, you know, a spin on that, a variation that, that they can make or something in that realm? Easiest way is to go ahead and put in a different kind of sweetener that may be flavored with something else. You want to you don't want to put too much sugar in because this is the julep and the old fashioned are on the same sort of drinks family tree, so they're they're very similar builds. And if you put too much of say a liqueur, it's going to quickly become too sweet of a cocktail. But you can substitute the mint for maybe a splash of an amaro, something low ABV like a chinar. Um, or Averna or Ramazzotti, for example. That's going to add a little bit of, um, it's going to add some baking spice flavors. It's going to add a little bit of herbaceousness. And as long as you don't go overboard, you're going to still going to get a really flavorful julep without needing to rely on the mint. And, and so would that be in, those liqueurs be in place of the syrup and, and the mint, then maybe like a half ounce or so? Yeah, absolutely. You could put half an ounce of, say, Ramazzotti and then two ounces of a base spirit. And, and then as long as you go ahead and dilute it properly with crushed ice, you'll probably avoid it being too sweet. I, I love that, and I think I can handle that one. When you give me only like two ingredients, I'm a whole lot better uh, in some simple steps. And Jake, I appreciate it as always, and, and thanks for coming on here to share some knowledge with us again. Of course, Jonathan, it's a pleasure. Remember to check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at hopspirits.com. Joining us here on the Bar Conversations is country musician. He's got a new single out called Ain't It Crazy, Lane Smith. Lane, welcome in. What's up, everybody? 
Well, well, Lane, I, I appreciate you joining us, and what what I'm I'm looking forward to this one because I feel like you're an interesting guy, um, <laughs> just just with what I was able to to dig up on you, and I mean that in a good way, not in a bad way. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I always like to ask this question. You know, it's called bar conversations. I went into my my little cabinet, got a little Maker's Mark forty six um, for for tonight. You got anything good? I put there's this. Uh... It's called Iron Horse. It's made in Lexington, Kentucky. And uh, I got it for a Christmas gift, but I was like, hey, I might as well pour it in there. I, I got tired of drinking some of the other stuff I was drinking. So, <laughs> so are you a, up tonight. I was going to say, are you a whiskey guy or, or are you a beer guy what, or just about anything guy? I'm, I'm just about anything guy, but my go-to is whiskey. I'll drink beer on the on the, you know – if we're hanging out or if I'm not trying to really get to feel too good. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a whiskey guy. If I come home, that's what I'll make. If I go to my parents or somebody's house, that's what I make out of other, everything else, you know, vodka kind of makes you a little mean, I guess, you know, tequila can make you a little mean. So I stick to the whiskey and all that makes me do is go to sleep every now and then. So <laughs> just keep it like I- that. I, I, I've been there many a times, especially especially on some family reunions. Uh, just fall asleep <laughs> on a couch. So. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you that it doesn't. It feels terrible the next morning. I guess the older I get, I learn that you know. And then, and guess what? It doesn't get any better. <laughs> uh, I've heard, like when we played golf today, I was like, "Oh my gosh, man, my back was all tensed up. I couldn't couldn't stretch it out. Played terrible." I was gonna say, so and you're cool. only what twenty four, twenty five. Yeah, twenty five. Oh it's man, coming See, in. I'm, I'm coming in. I'm turning thirty five, and uh, I was I played golf for the first time th- this year a couple weeks ago, and I was surprised I wasn't sore the next day. That was what my my big takeaway was. I was surprised I wasn't sore. So <laughs> that's kind of impressive, honestly. You didn't stretch or nothing. Well, um, there was some stretching, and there were some I, I there were some things that could easily uh, help me relax. So, uh, so we'll just leave, leave it at that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that make it easy like that. I I, I like that. Like so that. now I'm I'm going to ask you a little bit about about that the, the golf thing here in a little bit. But what I'm more curious about though is before you got kind of into this career of of a country musician, you were a bullfighter what in yes. the world how did that happen and that's not exactly what people might think it means yeah <laughs> like yeah. you know you know what i mean that's why i was oh, a little confused when i saw that but but i was like no i don't think that's right but it is right and that was your what you did growing up right it was i i started when i was i was 14 and i'd always i always wanted to rodeo when i was a little kid and uh we just were in the right area at the time and I had the right friends. And so finding an, a position in the rodeo wasn't super hard, you know, <clears throat> but I'd always, I'm named after Lane Frost. You know, he's really one of the most well-known bull, bull riders there was in the world. I think if you don't even know about rodeo, you still know about Lane Frost. Uh, so I kind of had it in me since I was little. Well, I was about but I think I was 13, actually, just just about to turn 14, and we just got linked up with the right people, and I wanted to do something with bulls, and so I tried riding, riding bulls. That didn't work. 
I was too scared. I didn't want to do it. I didn't, I probably could have been okay at it, but I was over it. <clears throat> so, so I'll just stick to the ground. And so for anybody that's confused, like bullfighter is the guy that is on the ground while the bull rider is riding the bull. And our job was simply just to protect the bull rider. You know, as soon as he falls off, make sure that he walks away safely. <clears throat> and if that means me having to step in there and take a shot, that, that's what that's what I do. So comes with some bumps and bruises, you know, naturally as that happens. But it's it's not, you know, the miscommunication part like you were saying was there is a bullfighting sport, you know, Spain and stuff that where they actually do hurt the bull. So we don't do that. You know, it's strictly just cowboy protection is what people call it. And uh, they still keep the heritage in it. Like they'll wear the baggies, the face paint. And then if you go to like a PBR event, it's more sporty. So they just wear a jersey, you know. So they keep the heritage up in some of it. And then the PBR side of things is really turning into a sport. So, yeah, they got cracked away in that. And then just figured out, hey, man, getting beat up all the time. I can go make money doing other things, (laughs) I guess. I was going to say, I mean – like, how does one decide, like, decide, I mean, I know growing up in Texas, it's a little different than, than other parts of, of the country where, you know, the, the rodeo and things like that, that's, that those are huge events down there. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think of the Houston rodeo, all, all of those, I mean, that those are, are big events. And so obviously, and then the name, but I mean, did, did you ever think that's something that you would be doing for as long as you did? Cause you did it for what, about a decade? About, I, uh, I always wanted to do it. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for also team roping um, and then for music, I would still be doing it. Uh, I just, on on my way out, I was more or less, I was really starting to get into music and I wanted to see where that was going. And so I just kind of. And, and, I mean, I was always team roping, too. And so, like, between all that and and I was going to college, you know, there towards the end. So, I didn't quit out of just quitting. I quit, you know, like, when you're not 100% into that sport, you you, got to get out. Because you're going to get somebody hurt or you're going to get yourself hurt really bad if you're not fully committed to it. And I was just not fully committed there towards the end. And so, I just let it go for a little bit, you know, and then now I'm, you know, an artist. So it, it kind of worked out because it's, it's essentially the same thing, you know, a different town every weekend. You're just not getting run over. You're not get, I was going to say, you're not getting chased around or chasing the bull around. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, do, do you, do you miss it? Do, is there, there ever a chance that, uh, oh, yeah. you, you might step back in and then, then a few of your, uh, <laughs> folks will be a little, a little upset with you. <laughs> oh, I, I I miss it every day. I mean, I think they're all. I mean, I know my mom and dad asked me the other day. They're they're kind of worried I'd go back to it. <laughs> like <laughs> a, a worried good. You know, I'm connected to enough. I'm connected enough now to where I could just hop back in it. Really, you know, and and not start off from square one. Have to work my way up a little bit, but I could get back in uh, back to where I was, and I, I do miss it a lot. Like. It was just something that very few people do, you know. I've I've kind of always been different, 
uh, I'd say I fit in really well, but I've just always been different with things I do and I take a different path and, um, not many guys from my high school fought bulls out of Smithson Valley high school. And that's like, a was a six day high school there for a little while. And, uh, that's a lot of kids running through there and not one of them were fought bulls. I think there was one kid after me that did and I actually would helped him get into it. And then he's actually doing really good now. So not props to me, but it was cool to see some, <laughs> it was cool to see me there in the school. Right. And then, a guy kind of looking up to you at the time and now he's, he's doing his own thing, you know? So that was cool to help kind of him get into it and he's taken off with it. So. Well, I was going to say, like you said earlier, you, you, you're taking a different path and that path seems to be, be taken off. And, and even, but before I even get into that, you also had another kind of life change or about to have a life changing event here soon. Cause you're about to get um, married. You're about to put a, a ring on it on your hand anyway. Um, oh, yeah. you, you ready for that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I get what is today Monday? I get married in five days. Yeah, it's it's coming quick. You know, COVID pushed everything back so far, and so we actually got engaged September of two thousand twenty, two thousand twenty, and uh, so we've been engaged for dang near a year and a half already. Like, but uh, it was good. It's a good thing. It gives you that extra time to figure things out. And, it is a big life change and we're, we're, we're just ready for it to be here. It's a lot of stress and <laughs> everything that builds up to it. And us guys kind of get, get caught in the middle of that, you know, it's the woman's day. So. <laughs> yep. yep. You you're there to make sure nothing goes wrong. And, yes. and not screw it. Screw exactly. it up. Exactly. Now, now I asked this to, to someone else cause they, that I've had on and they were getting close to, or I think maybe they're about ready to have a kid. And I, I always, and I'm curious on on your end with about to be married. Any crazy advice that you've got that you're just like, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Have lots of sex. That's what literally somebody told me. They put it on these cards for everybody. It was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And uh, you know, a lot of it's the same thing. Uh, just kind of rewritten. It's you know, be the best you can for each other and. I don't know, just be there for one another. Don't communication's a big thing in a relationship and uh we we need to get better at that, you know. Uh I think everybody, the communication level with everybody is it's always an issue. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it's just, you know, the best saying was find one person to love and love them forever. And so yeah, and Especially the, especially the career I'm in, it sounds bad, but finding a true genuine person that just doesn't want what comes with you, it, it's a hard thing, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge struggle for a lot of people. Um, so I'm just lucky that I found her, you know? So, and, and, you know, if, if music was to go away tomorrow, if we didn't play another show, and she wouldn't care. Like she would be sad that we weren't doing that, but that's not why she, she's with me, you know. So um that's kind of more or less what we've been told and it's the good part about who I got. So There you go. There you go. Yeah, my uh um my my uh, wife's uh, grandfather. It wasn't at our wedding, but it was at uh her brother's wedding. 
you know, they did the whole, you know, all the couples come out on the dance floor and they caught all the years and they were, they were the last ones out there because they'd been married uh, either at that time, like 50 some odd years, almost 60 years. And they asked them that question. <laughs> and what's your first, what, what you first said was what he said to a room full of like 200 people. <laughs> and oh, yeah, I was, I oh would, no. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I wouldn't do that. I, I, <laughs> I mean, it's good for podcasts. Uh, but it's not yeah. for, the, for everybody to know that deal right to their faces. <laughs> but uh, I did, uh, I did think that was funny because that was written down, and I was like, "Dude, that's great. That's that's <laughs> that's, a, that's epic." Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, you just gotta gotta love it. At the right moments, they, things happen, and and uh, you know, I you, you mentioned before you came on, you you played a little golf. It didn't didn't go so well today. Uh, uh, no. So is that kind of what you do in your downtime, a little golfing? I saw you got got a little grilling action going on there at times too. I mean, you you, you kind of like on the grill like you are on the golf course, or are you better on the grill than you are on the golf course? I'm definitely better on the grill than I am on the golf course. I uh, Today I was ready to break every club in my bag, and <laughs> I uh, I didn't though because they're, they're decent clubs and I can't afford to. <laughs> to go buy new ones so i was like yeah, i just held it in but i should probably carry around one club that's just trash and you can throw it if you need to <laughs> but i didn't today it was just oh, it's all in my head it was terrible i just wanted to leave i started playing good towards the last two holes that's how it <laughs> so, always works that's how it sucks yeah. back in <laughs> when you're towards, just... it's the one shot that you flush and it you don't even feel it hit it just plops on the green that keeps you going that, yep, I, I I I tell my buddies all the time. There's a reason golf's a four letter word. <laughs> like like it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I agree. It is one of the most fr- frustrating, fun things I, I've ever done in my life. Um, but so I mean, is that what you do for your downtime? I mean, with everything you got going on, I mean, is it is is that relaxing for you, or are there other things that that are that are a little more enjoyable for you? Well, I do. That is more or less something that is I do on a lot of my downtime and I play a lot by myself just cause the, the career we do, there's always something going, you know, um, there's always stuff I'm thinking about and like, there's always promotional stuff and there's just money going here, money going there and it's on and off. And you're thinking about the next shows and do you have enough this, do you have enough that? And I can kind of just go out there and forget about stuff for a while, you know, and, 18 holes I can be out there and not not worry about a thing and that's kind of why I like to do it I other downtime stuff I I do like to rope on my downtime but that takes two people so I can't really just go do that by myself and golf's one of those deals I can just kind of hop up and roll my parents uh just moved out to the lake like two years ago and he bought a boat and some jet skis so for really really free for a weekend I'll go up there like we just came up for, we just went up there for Easter and uh, just kind of relaxed and stuff. But other than that, downtime is is, is pretty rare around this house. And I mean, my fiance she's she's an RN in the ER, and so her schedule's been just nonstop. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I don't want to just sit at the house by myself all the time. You know, I I still I still have like little day gig working here and there and filling the empty holes and the empty gaps. Um, and when she's not here, I just, and, and I'm not working that day. Like I got to go do something. And 
it's once we get everything done as far as the music goes, I'll, I'll go do play golf because it's a lot cheaper than roping too. <laughs> Unless you break a club, then it could be a little, little bit, bit more expensive. Unless you break a club and have to go get refitted for it. That's the only problem. I got fitted for those clubs. And I was like, well, shoot, man, I'm never going to hit six foot. I just accepted it. And I was like, whatever. So I went and go got custom fitted for clubs because I'm done growing. Listen, though, I'm, I'm almost six foot in boots. I'm, I'm maybe like right at the six foot line. I'll give myself that. Everybody else probably say no, but. Um, so I just went and got, you know, fitted clubs for me for my swing and size and stuff. And I'd be pretty pissed if I broke one. So I held it in today. I'll tell you that I held it in today. Well, you know, it, that's a good thing that, that is self-control and that, that is it something is. that even, even I struggle with. I, I tend to, my favorite is when I get mad and slap my putter on my, my shoe and miss and hit my ankle. That's real. Funny. <sighs> don't, don't ever do that. that that's a, that's a bad habit. Just start. I have a, I have a scar today from that actually. I really so do. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm kidding not the you. only one that has that problem. So. Oh no. I, I think it's, if you don't get mad at golfing, you're not doing it right. If you're happy the whole time, you're not doing it right. Or, <laughs> or, you're, doing bad, it, but... or you're doing something else that is, makes it all, all enjoyable. Oh, um, I agree. Now, now, you know, you're in this, in this thing called music, you know, you're, you've kind of gone down that path these days. When, when did you, have, have you always been playing music, even when you were kind of loving the rodeo side of things and wanting to do that, or did that come later on in life? I, uh, I didn't pick a guitar up till I was, I think a junior in high school. I have a twin brother, so I, I try to outbeat him in everything I do. And that's why I'm playing a lot of golf because I'm about to see him for the wedding and I need to beat him the day before we play. <laughs> but when we were little, you know, he was always – it was it was a competition in everything we did. And I picked a guitar up and I went in there and I was like – I started to learn how to play a little bit and I played – I think it was Randy Rogers' Kiss Me in the Dark for the first time. Or, or it was Wagon Wheel, actually. It was Wagon Wheel. And I knew I wasn't good at singing or playing. But I knew I just, deep down, I was like, all right, but I'm not I'm not just terrible, you know. I was like, I, I'm not good, but I'm not terrible. And I just asked him to listen to it. I was like, hey, tell me if this is good or bad. And, like, be honest. And I played, and he's like, you suck. And I was like, all right, there it is. So kind of from that day on, I just. It's like a point to like, all right, I might suck, but I don't, I don't suck that bad, you know? So it was just to get, well, then once I started to like try and prove my point to him, he, uh, I just kind of fell in love doing it. And then I went out to college and I brought it with me <laughs> and uh, I, you know, at the time everybody's like, man, you, you get the guitar out here and all the girls are going to be all over you. And well, I was still nervous <laughs> to play in front of people. I didn't play in front of. I think I had one, my first show, like, going into college that summer. I played one show for, you know, one of those three-hour shows at a restaurant or whatever it was. And there was there was a lot of people there. Like, the stage fright just had to go. And for my first one ever, it was pretty insane. It's actually a four-hour gig. <clears throat> I remember it now. I split it with the guy that got me the deal. And... 
I, if I had to guess, like an easy 150 people outside. Like it wasn't something just – so I got thrown into the mix. And the first song, I didn't even know I was speaking. I was so nervous. You know, I, I <laughs> it was just like motions. And so then I went out to college, and that it hooked me after that. You know, I was like, dang, that's cool. And uh, went out to college, and I just started playing. And like, hey, man, that's that's good stuff. You ever like write your own stuff? Because I was just playing everybody's cover that was hot at the time. And I'm like, no, not really. And I started to write my own stuff. And I've got some songs I don't even remember, but I can tell you they're terrible. I thought they were the greatest <laughs> thing that I ever wrote. <laughs> you know, when I first wrote a song, I thought it was the greatest thing ever. Um, but then I was like, wow, this isn't this isn't that hard, you know, like to write a song. Got better at that. And then probably junior, not sophomore year into college, I was like, everybody's asked me to put out stuff. So I went to the Zone Recording Studio in uh, Dripping Springs, Texas with Pat Mansky and some boys I knew. We cut five songs and put out my first EP ever called Honey in 2018. And uh, since that day, it's, here we are, you know. I actually put that out. I played for like a year, and then I met Savannah, my fiance, and I was like, "Man, I got to show her that I'm I'm serious about it." So I actually gave it up for a year and a half, almost two years. Like, didn't play anything. Was barely posting on Instagram. Uh, it's crazy how much steam you'll lose, you know, with not keeping up on the socials and everything. And but I didn't care at the time. I was just going to make money, not, not worrying about playing anything. And then Rise Music Group, the management I'm with now, <clears throat> Tanner, he messaged me on Instagram and was like, hey, you know, I kinda, I'm kind i digging what you're doing. Where are you out of? We just got to talking and everything. And if there's one thing as an artist you should know in the industry, there's a lot of people that will tell you that, they can help you and they know these people and they'll do this for you and that. So I had been through a lot of that already previously till Tanner getting hold of me with Rise Music Group. So I was a little skeptical going into it, but as soon as I met him and we talked things over and I mean goodness gracious, that was that was in I think July maybe that I officially had signed with them this past July. And in that eight, nine month time frame, we've regained all the followers we lost on socials. We've put out three singles, a whole EP, and had better shows than I ever had three years prior to this, you know, and consistently. So he's he's making it happen for me, you know. Those the managers are way underrated you know like i don't think people realize how much they do and i didn't either you know and uh but there's so many things i didn't even know that are helpful and beneficial so that he does and so i'm learning a lot from him too well and and, and, and i've loved what you've been been able to put out and you know for for those that are i'm always curious about this to see what kind of you know the artist themselves thinks like when you're trying to describe your music because it's something personal to you but i mean Obviously, you're, you're from Texas. You you play country music, but I mean, what? How would you describe your your, your style and and kind of you know the music that you get to perform every night? 
my style is, is I, I like to be a showman. So I want a song that I'm going to be able to put into a live show. So that that's that's one of the kind of legs I stand on. As far as my music goes, I it's it's definitely a rock feel feel with uh, we have some kind of slower groove stuff in there, but I, I'm trying to keep it relative to Texas and Nashville. If you kind of just mix those two for right now, that's that's it's kind of where we're at. The Volume One EP is very Texas sounding, uh, but we work all out in Nashville and. The new single "Ain't It Crazy" that just came out is is definitely not Texas style, um, which is crazy, and we're super thankful. You know, Spotify and all the Texas country playlists pick it up, uh, which which is great. And but I just did not think that they, those playlists would pick this song up. You know, definitely thought it was going to be a more Nashville vibe. And so the music we do, you know, like Hayden, we we're good buddies, so we talk mm-hmm. a lot and. Um, He's like, man, I just put out, I just want to put out a banger after a banger after a banger, and I think that's a great mindset. Like, if if you're not putting straight bangers out, then there's no point at doing it. And and if you're not putting out good quality songs either, there's no point in doing it. And that's what I learned from my first EP ever, honey, to now. The difference uh, as far as production goes. I mean, we doubled the streams of that first EP off this one in like five months, four months. Just that's the difference that it, that it has on everything. And, um, but I, I try to write a lot of my songs What we're thinking about the live show and thinking about, I, I don't really write a bunch about myself. I write about stories I hear, uh, or stories I think that would sound good in a song. And then you just kind of roll, roll from there with it you know um but i always there's so many factors that go into to to one song you know so many factors just because it's all revolved around the live show i I love to be up there on stage and just get it you know as best as we can i was gonna say i mean and for someone that comes out like the one thing they want to see is if they heard it on spotify or whatever they want to hear that on you know when they're at the show they want to have that that experience they're not they're not wanting you know to be so overproduced or so right. so not you that that they go there and then they're, they're disappointed and and uh you know it sounds like that's you're going the, the right way with it you know when growing up in, in south texas i mean how much of an impact did that have on you and kind of the music that you play or, or even grew up with uh it had it made me have an appreciation for artists that were recorded in live. One thing I always tell myself is, I mean, if my voice is, is not to par that day, I'm not even going to go on stage. I'm not going to go up there. If I can't sound like w- what we recorded, I'm not going to go up there and do that. Being from South Texas, we've I've heard so many genres, but it's majority country. Uh, and... But Gary Stewart was kind of a, a big influence, not necessarily in my writing, but just I was more amazed at just how he could write a song and how he could play. And, you know, obviously he was a drinker, and but the fact that he could go up there drunk 
and just say, I mean, they say, I, I never got to see the concert. Um, but that's what blew my mind. And that's why uh, he was a huge influencer on me. And that I was like, man, dude, he can go up there and just smash it. You know, not, not even really there. Now for me, I can't do that. I, I can't have five <laughs> beers and sing a song. So I won't do that. But <laughs> it, it might be good. It, it eased some of the, you know, like pre-show ritual nerves every now and then that you get. But if you can't, I always had a motto. I said it when I fought bulls. If I can't do it sober, I don't need to do it at all. Um, and that is wise advice, <laughs> you know. And but but the influences that the, in te- South Texas, they they're all over the place. And I, I just like listening to songs. And I, like I said, I can't stand when I see, hear an artist recorded and then. You go find out a live show somewhere. You go watch, and it's just totally opposite show. You know, it's I just so that's that was something that's helped me always learn. Like, hey, if you're not up to par, don't even do it. You know, because there's one person that may never see you again, and that one impression you made on that one person, which is going to change forty or fifty others because of their friends. You know, because they'll probably tell them about it if they ask. So if I can't sing good, I'm I'm or I'm not feeling it, or I'm just dog sick, like, can't push through one, you know, for the people, but we, that's speaking on the level I'm at, you know, if I was selling out arenas or something, I'd, we'd figure something else out to keep the show going, you know? <laughs> yeah, all, all those home remedies, maybe, maybe a couple shots of certain things to warm up the vocal cords, and then there you go. Exactly. We played a show in Alpine last summer, Alpine West Texas so for me it's like six and a half seven hours and I woke up that morning I wasn't feeling super great the day before I wasn't feeling real good but we were already like halfway there and I was like oh man I'm not gonna be able to do this tonight but we were already halfway there and I was like I'm just gonna have to suck it up the college rodeo on Alpine Uh, so we went out there and yeah we played the show and it you know it wasn't there's ways to work the mic to where you don't have to like hit the high note all the time. You can kind of get around it, but it was pretty rough. I was like, and I told the buyers too. I was like, I'm sorry. Like I really am better. I'm just feeling, feeling it today. So it is what it is. Can't look, can't go back from it. It happens to the best of us happens to the best of us. I was, I was worried this morning when I was doing a few things, I was like, I might just sound like I'm in a box and you know, I have a giant, (laughs) stuffy nose but thankfully things have have moved moved around and i'm I'm feeling a little better because i was like this is gonna be fun um but but uh, maybe it's the whiskey (laughs) hey the whiskey's always gonna help in some kind of aspect i'll tell you that i know the pollen down in texas right now is insane so i'm kind of stuffy too i I blame my uh I blame my three-year-old child who goes oh. to daycare and brings home fun things, and uh, um, that—that's my story, and I'm, I'm sticking to to it on that one. Yeah, we um, don't have that yet. No, that no, yet. wait, just wait until you have that. That it's <laughs> it's fun, amazing, and and life-changing all all at once. Now, you, you talked a little bit about your latest single, "Ain't It Crazy." Um, how did how did that song come about for you? What what drew you to it? Or and um, just kind of tell me a little bit about it because I I've enjoyed that one. Um, and it is definitely different than kind of what's on volume one of, of Lane, Lane Smith. That song, you know, we, for people that like, you know, you're, 
for people that don't know, you're always you're always thinking of what what the next song is going to be. What what are you going to cut? What are you going to cut? What are you going to cut? And I wrote that song about a guy that had a drinking problem. I, I we had a friend that had a drinking problem, and um, her or her boyfriend did. Sorry, she didn't. Her boyfriend did, and it just never worked out. And I just kind of flipped it to where the guy had the drinking problem, so it's a little more relatable as far as a guy singing that part. But, yeah, you know, essentially the girl got tired of him and had to better herself, so she moved on. Uh, but you can take that song a hundred different ways. And I wrote it, and I was like, man, this is cool. I'm a, I'm a huge melody writer. I'm That's why I go to co-writes. I'm not, like, the best with words and stuff, you know. I'm, I always strive to write with other people because – I, I'm okay with words, but there's some spots I get stumped on. And I mean, that song's not going to be hit for another six months just because I, I, I'll be stuck in that same spot. But that song came really easy. And so I, I'm a huge melody writer. I found this this melody that I was playing on the guitar. I was like, dang, that's, that's really cool. And so I wrote this song to it. I, I couldn't write a happy song out of those chords. So I toned it back, wrote that song. And it was it is so different. You know, and and I was a little skeptical with putting it out because I was like, man, I, I don't, I don't know, the vibe of this at first is like so kind of not really where our heads been as far as what people would maybe expect. But honestly, that's worked to the benefit of this song. I mean, it's the most streamed single right off the bat we've had, and uh, you know, we're doing. We're doing numbers right now that are way better than I had in the past, but we're still baby acts, you know, right now. Um, but in the first week, like 10,000 streams on it, like that was pretty cool for me. Uh, I have some songs still that I don't know that have that off volume one. I'm sure we're there all time streams, but um, yeah, I, I really enjoy that song. And as soon as we brought it in the studio and we played it live, I was like, and they, they put the, the track down on it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is super cool. And, and we get to work with Grady Saxman at Saxman Studios up in Nashville. Those, they've got a dialed in up there, and, and you're going to get exactly what you want when you walk out of that place. And Saul, he he does all the guitar parts, and like he just he killed it. And so I was super pumped about it. It's doing great. I love it. I think people love it. Uh, we we have to get in as a band and rehearse it. Honestly, <laughs> we the next two shows I don't know that we're gonna be able to play it full band because it's gonna be so fast. Like we get married, then the honeymoon, then I fly to Nashville, then I fly back, then the next day we have three three shows in a row, and so I don't know why we're gonna have time to get in there and kind of run through that song. But I'll definitely play it acoustic for everybody to hear. So I love that song. It, it's it's great. And I couldn't be more proud of it. Well, I was going to say, I mean, like I said, it, it's definitely different, but it, it, I don't mean that in a bad way. And uh, I think one of my favorite songs is off of your uh, volume one. And that is a uh, big show. Uh, oh. talk to, uh, you know, I just, it's just a, a fun tune. Kind of reminds me of a few other, yeah. other songs, just in kind of how you, you kind of set it up a little bit. Um, and you know, what, what, what did you want to show with it, with that album and, and the songs that you were able to put on it? I just wanted to show one. I'm back. I'm back, but better. Uh, I've more. I found my voice more. Um, 
to I wanted everybody to see yeah it's a rock felt you know EP but it's got diversity in it you know is you've got that song if you love me that's essentially somewhat folky uh then you have pumped up kicks we cut which was super cool that is kind of a texas two-step sound then you have big show which is just like almost like i don't know if you're familiar with william clark green he's from texas but ringling road vibe kind of and that that's that was what i was thinking of as soon as they put the guitar parts on that song i remember i was like dude this is like a modern day ringling road like I, you really haven't heard something like that in a while it's still far enough fetched that it's not relatable to that song yeah it's um, not the same song at, at at all but i was like i feel like he's he pulled something out from like that was his inspiration on it and i, I love that exactly that's one of my favorite songs that, that that he ever cut yeah that that song um well big show for us is funny we i co-wrote this song with chris Chris Beard in Nashville, Tennessee. And <laughs> the day we took it into the studio, we had the song done. We get in there, saw the guitar player, and he he plays everything like bass and all that stuff. He'll fill in for that if, if Grady doesn't have guys um, coming in. Like Grady and Saul work together great, so they can bang out songs, 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 songs. Well, he's reading the lyrics, and he's like, dude, what if we flip – First verse and second verse. I was like, what? And I mean, I'm about to cut rough vocals on it, you know, just, just so they can get like more of the song tracked. And I read it and I was like, dang, that does make sense. You know, so go back, listen to the first and first now and the second verse and think about how we wrote it then. And um, yeah, we flipped it last minute. So, and it works, it makes more sense that way. But when you, put almost this time into a song you kind of lose where it's at after a while you have to like sit back and reread it so that that song's really cool we actually have pretty cool stuff coming up for that song so we're pumped about that well i i like that i like that i was gonna say i mean do you is there a volume two coming along or even a, a full-length album at any point or some more singles what, what what's coming down the road that you can say that you're allowed to say yeah uh so yeah we we go in, we cut a the next single, May 3rd through the 6th, that's coming up. We we do have an, another single on the way, and uh, we do have Volume 2 in the works as well, so, hey, right now we're just, we're rolling with the punches and, and making sure everything's in line to uh, do what we got to do to get there, but I will say the new, the next single I'm even more pumped about than the last one. Uh, probably one of the most excited I've been about any song probably I've ever put out. And I like it. That's that's a good tease. That's yeah. That's <laughs> we we've been talking. You know, it's one of those I've played it live, just acoustic. But if some people aren't paying attention, I feel like after that song, they're paying attention. And uh, I've played it for other artists, and they're like, dude, like, that one, you know, like, but that one was great. And you're like, okay. (laughs) So, Alrighty then, I guess I've got a, that's going to go be uh, put out at some point. I I, I, I love to hear that, because I'm I'm excited to hear that, because, 
you know, it, it's it's cool to see what you've been able to do in kind of a short amount of time and the, the quality, you know, like I said, the, the quality that, that you're able to do. And, you know, I was excited to, to get the chance to talk to you just because of, of what you've been able to do. And, you know, I guess my, my final question for you is what, what can folks expect the rest of 2022? Is it shows, songs, all sorts of things? It's everything. I mean, we're not – we just started 2022, I feel like, even though we're four months into it. But I feel like we just started it. We we have goals we want to hit this year. We have stream numbers we want to hit. We have money numbers we want to hit. We have a bunch of things. But <sighs> – Obviously, that comes down to like making sure yourselves first because you don't want to lose the love for what you're doing. But as a whole, we do have more songs. We're gonna have, oh, how many is that gonna be? Six new songs this year, um, including that single, the new single coming up. So it'll be six total. We'll have a volume two. We have a bunch of shows starting to come up. Um, We've gotten to play with some pretty cool people lately that have been helping helping us move along a little faster than expected. But that's that's really all we have. I mean, that's all I could ask for. I, I'm not a super picky guy. I don't I don't expect much, but I want to go out there and be the best at whatever I can do. So we're just going to grind it out till something happens. You know, we're just going to keep moving forward. And what are you going to say? I was gonna say I, I I love that 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 philosophy that that thought process and um, I think you're you're doing a great job at it and and like I said the music that I, I've been able to listen to has has been awesome and I, I can see why why people enjoy joy when they get to see a perform a show because if it's what it's on the track that that is even ten times better and and like I said it, it's some some great stuff and and also if you want to find out more about Lane Smith go to lanesmith.com find him on social media and Lane. One, this is awesome, but two, congratulations on uh, a, a life change and getting a ring on it. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, it's about to, it's about to be here. I'm told her I'm gonna wear one of them rubber deals because I don't want to I don't want to lose or what would you say mark up the good ring. So we're going to you can do what my brother-in-law I... did and uh, get it tattooed. See, I've heard that hurts though. Now I, I, I know, know what but... <laughs> I, I know what I used to do, but like that's it. that sounds like it hurt. I, I have some buddies that did it. That was pretty cool, but I'll stick with the uh, the the rubber one for right now because if it does, it just breaks. You know, and, and it's a lot <laughs> cheaper easy. to replace that <laughs> than, than anything else. And and Lane, dude, this was a blast. I, I appreciate you coming on. Hey, thank you all so much for having me. I appreciate it.